0: Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by longtime senior analyst with BamaOnline.com, Travis Ryer, previewing Alabama, Mississippi State with this Wednesday night edition of Talking Tide. You can get the Talking Tide podcast wherever you prefer to get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And as well, you can catch us live on Facebook or youtube you can find us on twitter at talking underscore tide get quick links to all of our podcasts right there that handle again uh, t-a-l-k-i-n no g uh, underscore tide and there you have that and quickly thanking sponsors which you'll hear a little bit more about later in the program that would be Peter Brook, chocolatier of tuscaloosa North River Dental Associates, and DraftKings. And with that, Travis, we take a look at this Alabama-Mississippi State game. The Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs each coming off of a loss. Alabama, of course, falls on the road to Tennessee. Mississippi State uh, took a step backwards against those Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, And this a game, I looked this up, Mississippi State has drawn Alabama coming off of an Alabama loss. Six times now in the Nick Saban mm-hmm. era, uh, owing largely to the fact that, that for most of those years, the SEC schedule makers placed MSU right after LSU on the Alabama schedule. I think four of those uh, six games have come off uh, an LSU game. But Mississippi State, not unfamiliar, Travis, with the position of having to take on an Alabama team coming off
1: a loss. Yeah, even last year after the Texas A&M loss in College Station, it was straight to Starkville for that Alabama team. And, yeah, I hit on that at BOL uh, earlier in the week too. It just seems like it's always Mississippi State for Alabama after a loss. And a couple of teams dealing with turmoil and really a tragic set of events here in – in the Mississippi State program here, in the last twenty-four hours or so, is Sam Westmoreland, the nineteen-year-old member of the Mississippi State football team, tragically passes away, and uh, Alabama still in the news for far secondary reasons uh, than than losing a, a teammate uh, and a friend and and a, a brother and 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 whatever else um, with the the lingering situation with Tennessee, so. Uh, it's just been a, a rough week in a lot of ways, a weird week in some others. And uh, we'll we'll see how this plays out Saturday night.
0: The Alabama-Tennessee game just doesn't want to die, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the where... loss that keeps on losing all year <laughs> round, Clark. <laughs> it's unreal. Uh, it's, it's not been easy to turn attention to the Bulldogs for Alabama fans or media between the situation with Jermaine Burton, which Nick Saban addressed briefly on Wednesday, a disciplinary action of some kind that's obviously going to be handled internally after uh, a situation where he made some contact with a female Tennessee fan on his way off the field. And you had this video circulate, Travis, uh, this week as well from – not sure if you caught this one or not, but uh, a video that was shot from behind the goalposts uh, on the game-winning field goal that appears to suggest that Byron Young might've got a piece of that thing. Maybe maybe that's why it was a wobbler.
1: Yeah. That was a couple of things on that. I I had some 1990 flashbacks on a couple of those plays because Byron Young, uh, if he didn't get a piece of it, it it looked like he very well could have because he came pretty clean right up the middle. If you watch the replay. Yeah. Um, and that could have been a situation where Alabama gets a block and its own kick six, right? Maybe somebody scoops that baby up
0: right. on the final
1: play of the game and goes the other way and scores. But uh, it didn't happen. The Yeah, given the trajectory and the lack of rotation of anything resembling a well-struck football, kicked football, you, you had to wonder about that. But, um, yeah, with the Jermaine Burton situation, I mean, obviously – As rough and tough as it might be after a game like that. And even if you're dealing with some maybe personal frustrations, uh, you got to keep your hands to yourself. I know that's difficult. That being said, I don't know what the SEC is going to do about crowd control, specifically with Alabama, because people Mm -hmm. aren't rushing the field for Vanderbilt wins. Okay, they're not rushing the field for beating South Carolina. They're not rushing the field, best I can tell, when Georgia does lose. I don't know the last time Georgia lost a road game other than Alabama a couple of years ago. But, you know, I don't know. But it's it's really gotten to the point of – beyond the point of just uh, out of control. And you can talk about fines and things like this. I don't know. And I know this isn't realistic. Maybe we got to have like a, a fine for the other 13 teams in football and then an Alabama fine. You know, you you instead of getting fined a hundred k, if it's Alabama, you get fined a million. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if uh, the SEC should a lot more money for security for road games involving Alabama. You know, do we need to do this thing like we do in basketball, where you'll see after a Kentucky or a Duke loses, right when the gun goes or the buzzer hits, you see them come out with these ropes right around the team to kind of keep them sectioned off. And then they, it's almost like a cattle, you know, move into the locker room or into the tunnel. These are all things we got to consider as long as Nick Saban's in Tuscaloosa, it seems like, because it's, it seems like every one of these ramps up a little bit more. And this is the fan base that did throw mustard bottles and everything else just a year ago uh, in, in a loss to Ole Miss. So I don't, I don't really have a great answer
0: one of these days a rip, a rip down up field goal post is going to kill somebody or really, really hurt somebody. You're going to have,
1: you're going to have people trampled to death, you know, like you've seen in some of the European soccer. I'm afraid anyway, I obviously don't want that to happen, but it's going to, if we allow this to continue on, or there's just no sense of order, you know, after games like this, uh, uh, sadly it's, I think you're right. I think it's inevitable.
0: Question of when and not if, unfortunately. I know that about it. All right. Alabama, Mississippi State, we will turn to the upcoming game. 6 p.m. Central Time start. Going to be on ESPN, of course, uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Travis, uh, the Alabama offense comes in, certainly after an outstanding performance against Tennessee. Bryce Young comes off that injury, throws for four fifty-five against the Volunteers. He's obviously good to go. Jameer Gibbs, hot as well. He's uh, he's rushed for well over 400 yards over his last three games, uh, more than 100 in each of those, certainly. Uh, So Mississippi State's got his hands full, very much so on defense. And this is a Mississippi State defense, Travis, that had higher expectations coming into the season, had a solid year defensively last year, brought back a lot of starters, um, and hadn't been terrible, but has been pretty average. Uh, In the SEC, I believe they're uh, middle of the pack at best, both against run and pass. Uh, And and although they are five and two, that's probably not quite what Mike Leach was looking for.
1: No, I think that fan base is really disappointed with the Kentucky loss. And when you combine it with the LSU loss earlier, you know, because I think if you're a Mississippi State fan this year, you're thinking we should be able to get a split of those road games right LSU in Kentucky and uh, it just didn't happen and really both were games where at the half Mississippi State was in a good spot on the road and just couldn't close out those games and last week it was Christian Rodriguez that literally ran over Mississippi State in that Kentucky win even with Will Levis back in the lineup so you know I love Emmanuel Forbes as a cornerback. I've talked about him, written about him in the past, and this is a guy with 13 career interceptions, five of them he's returned for touchdowns. So he's reminiscent of some Alabama corners from previous years, Chase, in that he not only picks off passes, he takes them to the house after he does it.
0: Yeah, five picks for him on the year that leads the SEC. He's got six pass breakups to go with that. I asked Nick Saban about him uh, just here this evening. Saban, very impressed uh, with what he's done. He's a game changer. And, you know, if Alabama had uh, a monster wide receiver one, right, like like a Jamison Williams, for instance, last year, uh, maybe you'd expect to see Emmanuel Forbes just kind of shadow him wherever he goes. That's not the case with this Alabama receiving core, though. So you would think, um, with the way Bryce Young has has kind of spread the ball around to a wide receiving core that's been inconsistent on the whole, uh, that we'll see Forbes not locked in on any one receiver, but 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 matched up with uh, he's gonna be he's gonna play where Mississippi State wants him to play, and whoever's in front of him, that's easy, who he's gonna get.
1: Yeah, he is. He impressed me as a true freshman against Alabama two years ago, he took some serious lumps against Devontae Smith as a first year guy. But the thing was he kept coming back and he kept giving it to Devontae. You know, he, he didn't, he never backed down in that game. Um, and he's just continued to improve and, uh, he's a smart player too. You watch him. He anticipates some things. He really, he took Will Levis's lunch money on the pick six last year, last week. So, um, you know, you're right though, for the Alabama receiving core with Burton, uncertain. Um, you know, what about Ja'Cory Brooks? Talk about a guy that might be trending in the right direction. Chase yeah. had a couple of drops at Arkansas, didn't see much of the field after that. Uh, but these last couple of weeks, he's picked it back up, had a couple of big catches uh against Texas AM two weeks ago and then probably should have had a 100-yard game against Tennessee. He lost one of his biggest receptions, longest receptions to a
0: holding penalty on
1: Jason McClellan. But, you know, this is a guy that looks like he's he's moving in the right direction, and they need him to.
0: They absolutely need him to. And, and of course, he came up with what uh, certainly one of the biggest catches of that Tennessee game. He's the guy that got him in field goal range with the catch at the end uh, to, to set up Will Reichard's uh, failed field goal attempt from 50 yards. So yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks has been playing uh, better of late, played really well against Vanderbilt. I think it was the week after that where he had uh, the drop issues, Uh, but that's something to watch uh, for sure. Uh, Defensively for Alabama, Travis taking on Will Rogers, who's averaging 335 passing yards per game, really big year, obviously for Rogers Spreads the ball a lot like Bryce Young. He, he likes to spread it around. Uh, his backs catch a ton of balls. His top two running backs have 62 catches between them, or 61. Talking about Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks. A lot of these completions for Will Rogers uh, aren't for a lot of yards at the catch point. Uh, but but this air raid offense gets those guys in space and and forces a defense to make open field tackles. And it can be a matchup problem.
1: Yeah, you do have to tackle in space, and those backs absolutely are critical. They've taken a step up. You know, you say this, and people kind of laugh under their breath, but uh, Mississippi State is running for about 95 yards per game this season. And I know, again, people hear that and go, wow, this guy's making a point about the Mississippi State run game. Well, it's pretty damn good when you consider two years ago in Mike Leach's first season, they ran for 43 yards per game. And that's with the understanding, as you outlined, they throw it to the backs enough that it is essentially an extension of the run game. It's a It augments the run game, how they utilize those backs in the passing game. I guess the concern I have for Mississippi State this week is, I think Dylan Johnson, uh, one of those two backs, along with Woody Marks, sustained a lower extremity injury in the first half at Kentucky last week in I'm not sure how much we're going to see a Dylan Johnson this week. Maybe he'll be able to go, but it could be a situation where it's a whole lot of Woody Marks. And they like to use those guys in the game together, too. And I think Johnson, in terms of pass protection, probably the better of the two there. So um, Johnson gives them a little more thump than Marks does.
0: What about the similarities between Tennessee's offense and Mississippi State's, Travis? Does Alabama draw – Uh, anything from the fact that those two offenses, have have, have, they're not exactly the same, but you wonder if it might help Alabama's defense a little bit to play these two uh, teams back-to-back from a practice standpoint. Josh Heupel played for Mike Leach in college uh, at Oklahoma. Leach Mm -hmm. making mention of that earlier uh, earlier this week. Uh, And the air raid offense has so many branches and leaves on it now and and coaches create cousins out of it. Right. I mean, it's one, one is not necessarily the same as the other, uh, but I do think it could help Alabama's defense a little bit to be dealing with some of this stuff two weeks in a row.
1: Yeah. Some of the matchups that Mississippi state can get you in uh, are similar, but really for me, when I look at Tennessee's offense and I look at leeches, it's like leeches is your dad's cutlass. And yours is the Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, maybe another analogy should be made in relation to the speed that Tennessee operates because Mississippi State doesn't bring that. So that's the biggest thing you like for Alabama as much as anything this week is that Mississippi State is not going at warp speed. And that means you get opportunities to get your sub packages on the field more in a situational basis, as we talked about in the run up to Tennessee that was going to be nearly impossible against that offense this week if you want to see the cheetah package if you want to switch up between your nickel and dime uh, i think pretty much you're going to be able to do that throughout the game so that should benefit alabama which has been able to play a good bit of zone against mississippi state each of the last two seasons and not need to bring extra guys maybe some simulated pressures uh at will rogers but It's been tough for Rodgers. He had a rough outing last week at Kentucky. And, you know, in the last two games, the first two games that he's played against Alabama, he's thrown five picks, two of which were returned for touchdowns. So this has been a little bit of a house of horror situation for Will Rodgers.
0: Question from one of our uh, viewers coming in. Travis, Paul Malone wants to know, we going to see Harrell in this game, talking, of course, about Tyler Harrell, the transfer from Louisville. He's been injured with a foot injury for much of this season, was ready to go. He's been ready to go uh, and uh, was certainly available to play against Tennessee. Travis, I guess with Nick Saban's comments about his willingness to maybe change some things up personnel-wise, if we don't see Tyler Harrell against Mississippi State, there there shouldn't be much reason to expect to, to see him going forward at all, I wouldn't think.
1: No, um, you, you're you're getting pretty much, and I, I know a lot of folks will say, well, you get to the bye week, and then that gives you another week to maybe ramp them up some more before you go to LSU. But, you know, if a guy hasn't really seen the field much up to the bye week, are you really going to put him out there against LSU and, and Ole Miss? Maybe you would. I mean, this isn't a true freshman. We know that. He has experience. Played a lot at uh, Louisville. So there is a difference there. Uh, they could damn sure use him. I mean, the guy that we saw at Louisville that can take the top off of a defense, um, you know, that to me, it's kind of amazing the numbers that Bryce continues to put up. He put up 455 at Tennessee and there went a Jamison Williams or even a John Mechie in that rotation. Right. You know, that's just how efficient he was with the football and how even when there were some tight windows and some guys went up and made some plays for him, Jermaine Burton, speaking of Jermaine, he made a, a 50-50 play on about a 33-yard pickup. But for the most part, Bryce is having to fit the ball into some tight windows, whether we're talking a short, intermediate, or vertical game.
0: He is. He is. And, and you know, Cam Latu made another nice contested yeah. catch as well for Alabama. So, Guys have made some plays, but separation has definitely been an issue for this receiving core, which uh, y- you're a little surprised to see for a program that brings in uh, top-rated signing classes pretty much year in, year out. Maybe Tyler Harrell does carve out a role. Uh, I would think, though, that if that's going to happen, we begin to see some sign of it very, very quickly yeah. starting this weekend.
1: I'm with you. I, like we just talked about – I. I know you could get to the bye week and have some more time, but uh, I would think this is, if it's going to start to happen, and Aaron Anderson too, maybe. The, I think the problem for Anderson, though, is they already have guys like him that mm-hmm. are contributing, like Isaiah Bond, like Kobe Prentice, JoJo Earl back now. So they've got that kind of guy. Yeah. And Anderson can stretch you too. But Tyler Harrell is like world-class mm-hmm. vertical speed, and and they don't have that right now.
0: The Vegas man Travis, he's got Alabama by twenty-one in this game. Seems a little high to me. Um, the the official give out from Chase Goodbread and the column this week is gonna be those Vanderbilt Commodores getting fourteen on the road at Missouri. You know I'm feeling it, Travis, if I'm giving out Vanderbilt. Uh, but, <laughs> but I like uh, I like V U uh plus AJ Swan. <laughs> AJ Swan. AJ <laughs> Swan. Will Shepherd trying to get a seven and yeah. one against that all yeah. spread? So
1: yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's some of these some of these lines get they get tougher, don't they? It seems like they do. It seems like once the man kind of gets his feet under him a little bit, you got to get the man in week zero, week one, and get off to that hot start before he kind of really gets his wits about himself. Because once <laughs> he does that, the results seem to be predictable. I I. You know, what is it, Alabama minus 21 and a half? What are uh, 20, we talking about? Yeah, 21,
0: 21 and a half. Yeah. I like
1: Alabama to cover that this week.
0: Do yeah. you?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. last two games against Leech, 90 to 9. I mean,
0: it's been ugly.
1: It's been ugly. And I and I do think that and it hadn't been an easy week for Alabama. It's been a tragic week for Mississippi State. So you don't know how any of this is going to play into it, if at all. Um, but man, I've watched three. Mike Leach's teams, as a head coach, go against Alabama, one at Texas Tech, two now at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and his teams have scored one touchdown, kicked yeah. three field goals, so or four field goals. So, I, I, I got to see it from State before I believe it. And again, I think there are a couple injuries, perhaps on that offensive side of the ball, one on
0: the OL that they had last week too, that
1: you know make me make me think Alabama might be able to get there.
0: Would that have been a an 05 Cotton Bowl squad? You're referring that was to? it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah.
1: Speaking of ugly field goals, Jamie Christensen. <laughs> how about that yeah. one,
0: Mike, yeah. Shula, Mike Shula's Mike finest squad.
1: It was. One. It was. Yeah. And you know, in fairness to Jamie, that playing surface that day at the old Cotton Bowl. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah, it was. It was less than ideal. Put it that way.
0: All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Moving on now, we're going to thank a couple of sponsors for you here really quickly. Going to start out uh, by telling you all about North River Dental Associates and that fine service you get from Dr. Jack Smalley and his great staff of dental hygienists. They can get you taken care of with porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, endodontics everything you might need. My wife just broke a tooth the other day. She's going to get in to see Dr. Jack. She'll get taken care of very quickly and easily. He'll do a fantastic job. The teeth whitening services, always very popular at Dr. Jack's place as well. Location, convenient for sure. 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road uh, next to West Alabama Pediatrics. And On a routine cleaning, you are typically going to be in and out in less than an hour. You can't beat that. Give them a call. The number is 752 3506, or you can visit northriverdentist.com to make an appointment. It is North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section up Tuscaloosa. Wow. Halloween rapidly approaching, and it's not officially fall, and it's certainly not Halloween if you don't get by there. Peterbrook Chocolatier and get yourself one of those caramel hand dipped apples at Peterbrook Chocolatier. They're going to dip them in that house made caramel and then they're going to hit them with that freshly tempered chocolate, whether it's the white. The milk or the dark chocolate, and then if you'd like some accessories to your caramel chocolate dipped apple, they're going to be able to hook you up with maybe some graham cracker dust, maybe some nuts on there, maybe a little white chocolate or milk chocolate or dark chocolate drizzle to finish it off. Good bread, they got you covered. Peterbrook Chocolates here, fifteen thirty McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa.
0: If you got a sweet tooth, and I and yours truly certainly does, uh, there's no better place to go in Tuscaloosa than Peterbrook Chocolatier. Finally, going to tell you all about DraftKings, our corporate sponsor of the NFL action in full swing now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official spe- sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins. As new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win. And get $200 in free bets if they do. Use that promo code TPPN. That'll help us out here. And they will get you taken care of. Lots of great action in the NFL this weekend. You got Falcons at Bengals. You got Bucks at Panthers. Browns at Ravens. Jets at Broncos. Those Packers trying to get on track on the road against the Washington Commanders. Plenty of games. Plenty of lines. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN and you'll get $200 in free bets on a $5 bet if your team wins when you place that bet on any game with promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Travis, we will dive into a couple of SEC games this weekend really quickly here. Kind of a light slate. Uh, the uh, highest occurrence of idle weeks in the entire SEC schedule is this week. we got five SEC teams sitting this week out. No other uh, week of the season has that many. Uh, so a light schedule for sure. Even lighter considering Tennessee is taking on UT Martin. You want to talk about the game that won't go away. You think they're not – talking? <laughs> You think they're not going to keep talking about Alabama for another week with UT Martin coming to town in Knoxville? Come on.
1: Well, and you know what? You got Ty Simpson's dad as the head coach at Tennessee Martin. So you can't Mm -hmm. get away from the
0: Alabama (laughs)
1: connections. Yeah, Jason Uh, Martin, head coach. Uh, the Skyhawks, I believe they are, of UT Martin. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think Ole Miss LSU has some potential. Good press. <laughs> what about you? I like that game. Um, you know, Texas A&M, you never know with Texas A&M and South Carolina playing at home. I mean, yeah. there, there's the potential there. Even Vanderbilt, Missouri, other than Tennessee going non-con against UTM, a uh, game should be competitive. I don't know. I I guess I'm not expecting Alabama, Mississippi state to maybe be as close as you do.
0: Ole Miss and LSU, I think does have a lot of potential to be competitive. I think Ole Miss can hang there and look, LSU's run defense has not been good this season mm-hmm. and that does not bode well against Ole Miss, which is running the ball on pretty much everybody, but it is at LSU. It's a tough place to play. Uh, you, 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 you Ole Miss is still Ole Miss. You question whether or not they're going to stumble at some point. it getting a little late for them to stumble, but uh, Death Valley is one place where it can happen to anybody. So I do think that'll be a close game. I look at AM and in South Carolina, Travis, and that just screams to me the kind of game that Jimbo cannot afford to drop. I mean, you have, I mean the, he's tough on Jimbo, I know. Coming yeah. off the bye. Yeah. <laughs> You can't, if you're Jimbo, you can't, you can't drop that one. I don't no. care if it's on the road. Uh, there's, there's, there's going to be calls. There's going to be calls for his head if he drops that one.
1: This is a, this is the potential for a Shane Beamer special, too, you know, get the boys fired up. Um, you know, South Carolina has a road win at Kentucky. So it's certainly reasonable to think that the Gamecocks can pull this one off at home. I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't trust AM a bit. I, I don't yeah, I'm I'm not picking South Carolina to win this game either, but mm-hmm. um I, I don't trust the Aggies here either. because the last time we saw the Aggies, yeah, played Alabama tough, you know. It looks like they got this thing maybe going in the right direction. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Vanderbilt at Missouri, kind of a seller game there. What are your thoughts on uh the Commodores taking on the Tigers? Can they uh can they pull off an upset outright? Or or no. I, I I think Vandy can hang in this one. I'm giving out that 14. Mm.
1: I think Vandy can hang. I think maybe Missouri's a little better than we're giving them credit for because you think about the games they've lost. They either hey. gave away a game at Auburn or you know, look at the close losses. Georgia, Florida on the road. Um, not that Florida's world beaters. We saw LSU go into the swamp and win last Saturday night. But um yeah. I I think this game, the, the, the similarities are, are many. I think uh, even in the team colors and even in terms of maybe roster strength.
0: That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. We're going to be coming at a quick programming note for you. We're going to come at you uh, with our Alabama-Mississippi State recap episode a little earlier than usual on Sunday, so you can look for that. Uh, on Sunday afternoon rather than late Sunday evening. So looking forward to that. That'll be the next time Travis and I come back at you. So for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, and we will talk to you Sunday afternoon here on Talking Tide.